Hello, I'm Peter Purvis and you're listening to Doctor Whose Line Is It Anyway, where everything is made up and neither script nor canon matter. Listeners, and welcome back to Doctor Who's Line, is it? Anyway, hmm, yes, hey, you know what we're doing again, don't you? Hmm, yeah, I bet you do. Anyway, no further ado, let's crack straight over to me and them for that. Hello, listeners, welcome to Doctor Who's Line, is it? Anyway, with the latest of our reviews of Series 12. This time, we are reviewing Can You Hear Me? And we're hoping that you can hear us, because we've been having various technical issues with Skype and what have you. But hopefully all is good now. Who's this we? This we is me. But <laughs> but we're a team, so it affects us all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We're a yeah, fan. Darren, we're a team. <laughs> we're a fan. We're a fan, We didn't dude. all have to wait for a Commodore 64 to reboot. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> technical issues continue to be a problem, shall we say. And the age of the technology doesn't help. It's a good job you didn't have to wait for my computer to be boot up. <laughs> We'd be reviewing next week's episode. <laughs> well, we will be reviewing next week's episode, but hopefully mm-hmm. not. Till next week. So what is this one called again? I, I couldn't hear what you said. What'd you say? <laughs> hey. Sorry, I can't help it. I can't help it. We know. Oh, do grow up. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, so unprofessional. I'm oh, working with God. amateurs here. Do you ever get oh. the feeling, listeners, it's going to be one of those episodes? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my first major was deaf education. I thought they were all one so of those episodes. They are, they are all afraid. one of those yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my first major was deaf education, so of course... You know, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? A, A, so, yeah. Okay, I'll shut up. Good night. Yeah. Good night, Sue. <laughs> and then, and then Sue fell asleep. <laughs> this is what's happened okay. most of the previous few weeks. Okay, um, Robin, as you were talking just a second ago, <laughs> picking a name for, at random, what did you think of? Can you hear me? It was interesting to me. It showed that the doctor is not good by herself that she definitely needs a companion somebody to bounce off of and I don't know if that's the showrunners play on her social awkwardness that she touched on later on in the episode or if it's just he feels like she needs a support that she's not going to be able to carry on the episode herself I mean at the end of it I liked it but there were things that I would there was a couple things that I thought were a little odd you'd have to be living under a rock to have not seen it on social media now as far as the commentary regarding that final scene with Graham and the Doctor when they're in the TARDIS and just talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll get into that later, so... I've been living under a rock. I haven't seen any commentary on it at all, so this will come oh as... Oh, my this... goodness. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's everywhere. It's some... I'm tending to avoid yeah. the whole social media side of things whilst the show is on for the plain and simple reason that I don't want to be spoiled for things that are coming up. It also means that I'm obviously I'm missing some of the things that are 
that yeah. are being said about the episode. Some things I catch, obviously, but um, I'm, because I'm st- trying to stay spoiler-free, um, I am missing certain things. So this will be enlightening for yeah. me as as we go on, as to find out what all this is about. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear your take on it when the rest of us talk about it. Mm. Yeah. It will. We shall go in depth in a little while. Uh, Randy, you're the next picture on my list, so what did you think? Okay. (laughs) It it was uh, challenging to make sense out of what they were trying to say, but after watching it a second time through with Sue, I noticed more details. The pieces made a little more sense the second time around. I always like it whenever there's a tie-in to earlier stories, the name-dropping of the Eternals and the Guardians and the Toymaker and being able to see parallels with other things. I guess there's only so many tropes that can exist. So when you see things, oh, that reminds me of this. That reminds yeah, yeah, me of yeah. that. Is that reference yeah. intentional? And... Yeah, as we've said previously, when you've got 56 years worth of show history, yeah. it's, <laughs> very, it's very unlikely that anything is not going to relate to something else. Yeah, so. yeah. Sir, I, I wouldn't call it the high point of the season by any means, but it was... Interesting and challenging, and I liked that. Good, good. Uh, so, Sue, this whether the sounds of what Randy said, you have actually seen this. Oh yes, and at, at first I wasn't sure I liked it, but I wasn't sure exactly what I liked about it. And then thinking back on a lot of the different things that were said, and having and having defended it quite a bit on social media, especially the conversation between the Doctor and Graham, there was a lot in this that not only paid homage to classic Who, but also to Aliens, to Charmed, to the X-Men. I mean, it was unbelievable what you saw after it was just, wait a second, wait a second. The woman that was in the sphere looked like Storm with the white hair and the outfit. And she she ate energy, she cre- or fear, but fear is energy. And because it's it's endorphins, it's energy, and then there was all this other stuff, and the and the alien coming right at the woman's face, mom, and on and on, and there was all these different things that I was watching the the two beings turning into puffs of smoke, that's directly from Charmed, and the character, the fear, the the man that was feeding the woman, that particular gentleman, there was a, a, a again another parallel into Charmed with the gentleman that read your fears not just your nightmares but your fears and killed you with your fears if you allowed them to so this whole thing about the nightmares and and how this this woman in this hospital in Aleppo how her nightmares came came true and killed everybody in the hospital except for her because it was mom and then you wonder did it or did she I mean, there was all this really neat stuff. And the, the more you started thinking about it and the deeper you went into it, Yaz, Yaz was amazing. Yaz's character was amazing and did not have a nightmare, had a revelation. And neither did the doctor. Didn't have a nightmare, but possibly a revelation. But everybody else had nightmares. And it was like, that's very interesting. They're drawing a parallel between these two women more than they ever have. So I was just like, oh, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this. And then the very last speech between the doctor and Graham, I thought, that's perfect. And boom, social media was like, the doctor's a bitch. And I thought, what? She's unfeeling, she's uncaring, she doesn't care about him. You know, the the ugly side of the monster coming out. 
You guys are all laughing at me. Y'all laughing at me. Fuck this. I'm going home. Screw you all. I'm going home. Drawing another parallel to another show. I'm going home. <laughs> I'll shut up now. Okay, so that was Sue's uh, brief thoughts on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You ass. Shit. We, wa- we wound you up and off you went. <laughs> the Duracell bunny continued to bounce. I know. It, I, well. <laughs> I, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and, and Darren, if, if you haven't grown old and died in the intervening period. I'm sorry, Darren. I'm sorry. Oh my god, you guys are so evil to me. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have nightmares now, damn it. Uh, Darren, uh, what did you think? Crap. <laughs> well, it was two diamonds at either end surrounding a big giant shit sandwich. <laughs> I, I love I love the mental health stuff, but everything else in between was just absolute wank. This is going to be a very interesting episode then, because we seem to have got the full spectrum of opinions on this one, because I <laughs> bloody loved this. Someone had to. I, I, yes, and it was me. You know, I thought it was uh, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was it was eerie and it was creepy. I loved the music. I loved the use of the the double bass throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful. I thought we had some interesting stuff come up regarding the characterization of the companions and and the doctor. I thought the effects were good. I thought some of the the scenery shots were tremendous. I thought the look of Aleppo, the uh, the long shot of Aleppo looked fantastic. It just kept me gripped all the way through, so you know, I'm very much in favor of this one. So it's nice that we've got a, a, a broad spectrum of opinion on this mm-hmm. where, where we won't be agreeing with each other on certain things and we will on other things so yeah good stuff right well I suppose we will we'll touch on what you've just been saying then about the conversation at the end we'll stop we'll we'll do this in proper river song format we'll start at the end and we'll work backwards <laughs> <coughs> There has been a, a storm in an egg cup, certainly, regarding this okay. this conversation that Graham had with the doctor about his fears about his cancer returning. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so people are saying that the doctor is being insensitive. That was the gist of a lot of it. That here's somebody's telling you their deepest, darkest fear, the thing that haunts them, you know, in the late at night and when the world is asleep, and instead of showing any kind of compassion she basically is like oh fuck you i'm, I'm socially space awkward space and, and she, i'm i'm socially awkward and she runs around and starts playing with the tardis and i guess i should think of something to say then and, uh, and she goes and flits off and does something else and she never seems to show any kind of kindness to him and it's like you know that is a socially awkward conversation when somebody says this is my deepest fear or tells you, I have this diagnosis, this horrible disease, and you don't know what to say because words words aren't going to make it better. Words aren't going to fix it. Words don't necessarily help, but you can still reach out and put a, you know, put a hand on his shoulder and give him a squeeze, something mm. like that, just some sign that yeah. I understand even though I don't have the words and I can't give you the reassurance you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You can still make a gesture that communicates a thousand words. You see, I felt that that kind of was what was happening, because 
to begin with graham was 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 saying you know since the nightmares he's been thinking about the the cancer returning um all the checkups have been fine there doesn't seem to be anything amiss but obviously it's a fear that is within him uh, and I know this, you know, from a, not from a first-hand experience, but certainly from a second-hand experience of friends that I know who've had cancer and the fear of it coming back is something that, that never goes away. Um, and that is with them. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, of course, as you would only know only too well, Darren. So obviously, through all of that, she was stood very still, listening to him, clearly taking in what he was saying... And it is one of those things that I, I guess, particularly if you are, like she said, socially awkward, it's very difficult to know exactly what to say to respond to. And in saying what she said, it kind of, to me, gave the impression that she was saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and I appreciate that this is, a, this is an issue and I don't know how to deal with it. But, you know, I've, you've got my support with this and I'm going to be a little bit jokey about it just to sort of allay your concerns a little bit. That's kind of what I took from it. It may not be what other people took from it. If she'd allayed my concern like that, I'd have kicked her in the twat. <laughs> I said, listen, woman, you've got a bloody time machine. Take me 3,000 years in the future to a decent fucking hospital and get me sorted out. <laughs> it's not that fucking difficult, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so that's See, that. So Sue, you 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 said that um, that you found the ending very good. So presumably you're on the other side of this argument. Well, I I've been there with a friend. Yeah. And I was there when she was. I was there when she found the cancer and asked if she should go in. She was very young. And in America, if you are young and you think you have breast cancer, you're kind of joked off. And I said, no, yeah. I was going through school, radiation therapy school. I said, no, you need to go in. She wouldn't mind now because she's no longer alive. But um, so she, she did go in and I was there when she was diagnosed. And first, the doctor actually said, you're going to have a horrible... When, she wanted to change. She said, you're going to have a hard ride home. And I said, I know. And so I said, not much. And she screamed at me and screamed at me and screamed at God and yelled and screamed and yelled, and which I don't blame at all because she had aunts and grandmothers and cousins that had breast cancer. And each time it came back, the one thing I tried to do was make her laugh. Like, holy shit, here we go. What are they going to do? Stick another needle in your boob? And I mean, we joke about having needles in the boot. It's going to look like a, you know, pineapple. We try to, I try to make her laugh because when I said anything else, for some reason she got upset because I obviously, she didn't want sympathy. She said, I don't want your sympathy, da, da, da. I, I get that and I totally understand And Working radiation therapy, you're dealing with it all the time. The best thing you can do is get someone at least to smile or laugh. So... What the doctor did there is, I'm, so, I'm, I'm supposed to say something, aren't I? A, she's an alien. She doesn't know our customs. I'm supposed to say something, aren't I? Yeah. It should be pretty profound, huh? Okay, I'm going to go over here and think about it. And then I'll come back and I'll say something to you. And he went, yes. And he chuckled and laughed. And the moment went. And I thought, that's what my friend would have wanted. Right there. 
that's what she would have wanted is to be able to take a breath and laugh because that's what she wanted from me if I made her laugh she was okay if I came down like the big sympathy person she was not okay and that was also the case I was in on some pretty bad diagnosis as a student and you just shut up and the one thing they wanted from you when the patient left the room was a smile and the last thing you want to do is smile at somebody when they're given a horrible diagnosis and that's the one thing they needed we were not allowed to reach out and touch so for me what she did was perfect and she wasn't used to what humans would do in that situation so she did what she could but at 2000 odd years old yeah and having had 13 lives around humans and spent half of her life on earth well you would think so but this may have been the first time that she personally encountered somebody that had this fear or that somebody actually said to her i have this nightmare this reoccurring nightmare a the cancer coming back i was hooked up this cancer coming back and b i couldn't save grace i couldn't save her so not Mm. only did he have the fear of the cancer coming back but it was also that he couldn't save someone he loved so there was these two things so maybe in her god knows how many lifetimes she had not come across or he had not come across someone that said this is what i have you would think she would but I must admit that putting the doctor's response aside and all the other bullshit in the episode, I did think it yeah. was one of Graham's finest yeah. moments. Bradley Walsh was, was amazing on this. Um, I it thought was. Right the way through, from playing cards with his friends through to explaining to the doctor what had happened when he'd had the vision and then being linked up to the machine to when he had the nightmare himself and was faced with grace and just the way when obviously in his fears it's like why didn't you save me and the 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 response that he gave to that and the emotion behind that i i thought he was absolutely outstanding Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He was. He was wonderful. He was. Yes. He was funny when he needed to be funny. That lovely moment when the the doctor was saying about the uh, the, you know, the two planets that had been crashing into each other. Could you identify them? And he went, "Oh yeah, just provide me with an A to Z of the universe." And he went, "Of course I can't." Yeah. <laughs> got to do it. Just the way that he did that. You know, the sort of the the the, the glib answer and then then you know, switching to reality. I oh just astonishing performance from Bradley I thought astonishing I I was just yeah fell a little more in love with him than always yeah I think his characterization is getting better and better yeah I think what happens is that the writers obviously having seen the whole of last series and all the stuff that's been filmed for this series prior to this one starting will lead into knowing the characters that much better and knowing what the actors are capable of and I think we're, we're seeing that more and more I mean and like Sue said you know we, we had we had more family stuff with Yaz and a more background from Yaz and that's given Mandy Gill something to get her teeth into in this episode you know we've had decent stuff for, for Ryan as well with his friend so it's been a good episode for the TARDIS crew in general I think it just kind of feels like some of the particularly the Yaz stuff kind of needed a bit of a setup throughout the rest of the past two series rather than dropping the sort of bomb quite so ham-fistedly it was it was it was done nicely the Yaz stuff and fair play to Yaz's character it was probably the best characterization we've seen from it yet but that kind of mental health stuff kind it it sort of needed a bit of a almost needed a backstory it very much well may get it 
we don't know what's coming. So it very well, the way they set this baby up, there's some setup here. But it, it kind of felt like for two years, Yaz has been a coffee table, and now it's like, you know, hello, it was... I'm interesting. Yeah, but then, I don't know. But then this is this was the the issue that was laid with the character last season was that as time went on we we were expecting oh okay we've had we've had a graham episode we've had a ryan episode we're going to get a yaz episode now and then you get to demons of the punjab which you would assume was going to be the yaz episode and at the beginning she had a little bit to do obviously with the stuff with her nan and then as the episode went on she she faded into the background again and and it was like yeah is is there no way that that people can write for this character? Is is this simply the problem of having too many companions? You know, is it something deliberate that's being done? Is she being kept in the background for a reason? Is she's not being being given stuff to do because it it almost felt like she wasn't a companion at times because she wasn't really doing anything, and that had to be addressed and it has been addressed. You know, we've had we've had more instances of of her police training. We've now seen potentially even the reason why she joined the police in this episode um you know and that's good to see and it's good to see that she's getting more to do because when she's given stuff to do she's proving how good she is yeah, you know, oh, yeah. and she's coming she's always come across as a likable character she, just previously she was likable but redundant now she's likable and feeling more like a part of the crew and actually getting something to get her teeth into, which is which is fantastic. That's what we need, particularly if we aren't going to see, uh, as we go into next season, maybe some or all of the companions not staying around. And if she is the one who is potentially going to be the one that does stay around, then we need to sort of start beefing her roll up so that there is something definite there to continue with. Which is yeah. kind of interesting that I, I mentioned before. Mm. She and the doctor did not have night did not have a nightmare. They had a revelation. A remembrance or a revelation. But the rest had nightmares. But Ryan, um Well boy, when you said that last week about they were that he had just, you know, signed on for another show, blah blah blah. You could see that this week that just even in the question he asked at the end, is this going to be our life? It's like, oh, he's yeah. gone. He's out. <laughs> it's really building to him leaving, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it, there's definitely there's things brewing with this, and this is this is good because, again, it's giving us maybe some portents of what to come. It's certainly giving us stuff to discuss and to wonder about what's going on because we've always had in the past, or the recent past, I should say, the companions joining the Doctor and what is all this clattering going on in the background? Sorry, that was me. I was moving my... You have to stay perfectly still when recording, Randy. You should know, oh. <laughs> you should know that off the Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't me, it isn't me. Mm. If in doubt, blame Sue. Um, it's not me, it's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd hear, if that was me. <laughs> Um, right, now what was I actually saying? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> about Ryan leaving, about about a companion leaving possibly. Oh, yeah, that's right, yes. The, the recent past, we've had the companions have joined the Doctor and, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, and it goes on, and it carries on, and it continues, without necessarily the thoughts for what's going on back at home. You know, Rose, with her mum, seemed to be perfectly happy travelling around the universe and just occasionally seeing her mum every now and again. In reality, would that be the case? Would you actually 
would you be missing your family would you be missing your friends to the point where you think you know I really like what I'm doing here but I need to be able to go home I need to I need to see these people because the traveling won't necessarily go on indefinitely and when it finishes I need to still know that my friends are still there that my family is you know I haven't changed beyond recognition that I don't know them anymore that I've become alienated from them that they've become so fed up with me not being there will they move on will I actually have a life to go back to and that's what we've seen in this episode with you know we, we saw it slightly at the beginning of the series with uh, with Ryan playing basketball with his with his friends and again you know we've we've seen it now with with Sibo where he's, he's come back to his best friend and clearly realised, you know, how things have changed with with the problems that Sibo was having. And he's missed that and things have changed whilst he's been away. And he's been off gallivanting and having a good time. And the, the doctor always said right from the start, this will change you. Travelling with me will change you. And he's now questioning that. And I think that's something that's never really been done before. No. Possibly the closest that we've seen to it maybe would be with, like with Tegan when Tegan left. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. It stopped being fun. You know, yeah. you're seeing all this death and destruction all around and danger, and and mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna reach a point where you just you you, you can't do it. Obviously, the, with the thing with Tegan is it came very suddenly. It wasn't really signposted before the end of of that particular episode with the resurrection of the Daleks. Whereas now we deal more with the characterization of the companions and of the major cast and this is what we're getting now is is and it certainly looks like it's setting the scene for for ryan at some point saying you know what doctor this is great i'm loving what i'm doing with you but i have this life and i have people in this life that, that of mine that i live that i i need to be with and so i have to make a choice we kind of had a little bit of it with Amy and Rory, didn't we, about should they be living their lives or should they be travelling with the Doctor when they were at home and the Doctor was coming and getting them and they were they were living the split life then. They mm-hmm. were questioning questioning that, but ultimately, you know, they they kept falling on the side of going on the adventures because it was the two of them together and neither of them really seemed to have anybody else. Rory had his dad, but that was it. Amy didn't have any parents. You never saw any of her friends... You never saw any of Rory's friends, so the life that they lived seemed very much in that little bubble with just the two of them. Same thing with Clara, really. When she was she was travelling and she she kept being dropped off at home and having her having her work life there, you never really saw anybody else that she was she was close to. That's because no one liked. Whereas her. this is, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did. But this is what you've seen with Ryan. You know, you've seen his friends. Obviously, his immediate family is Graham. He's travelling with him. But the, the friendship side of things, and, and presumably there are other members of the family as well, you have to assume. And he is now beginning to question whether not seeing them for such long, protracted periods of time, with them moving on with their lives and him not being part of that, is that something that he can continue to do? Well, and I kind of wondered whether or not it was really a friendship or if it was more than a friendship. What, with Sibo? Mm-hmm, because Sibo said, I need you back, I need my best friend back. And the fact that the disarray that he found... Oh, crap, hold on a second. Oh, Sue's reversing again. <laughs> All right. Um, the fact that, that everything was in such disarray... And I need you back, that type of thing. Are you, are you going for long enough? And even the looks between the two of them, it was kind of like, 
okay, so is this a friendship or is this a lover that is also a good friend? That type of thing. I wondered about that. I, I certainly never... Ru- no, I, I didn't. I didn't. No, and, and Ryan's tried to pork every female that he's met in space. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, he doesn't have to... I mean, he can love male and female. Maybe it's Captain Ryan Harkness. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> he could be bi. Or Omni. Yeah, 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 he could be, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, every female and that includes aliens. <laughs> so. He could be, but I think that if that were going to be the case there would have been some more definite hints towards that. I don't think you can just say that they, the way they looked at each other and what have you, because that was that certainly wasn't the way I took it. It didn't sound like it was the way that Darren that Darren took it. I just took it that, you know, they were very good mates. They'd grown up a long time. And if you've got somebody that you're that close to... Yeah, that's true. ...then you are going to share those. I just thought it was romantic. <laughs> I thought it was romantic. What can I say? Okay, I'll be quiet now. Sue's shipping again. <laughs> I am Cupid. I am Cupid. Okay. You're just horny. <laughs> that, well, yeah, that too. But <laughs> Come and have a lay down, dear, and I'll soon pass. <laughs> TMI, TMI. Excuse me, Cupid has a halo and a diaper, not horns. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're into halos and diapers? <laughs> Wrong podcast. This is some crazy sort of fetishism that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hope nobody looks in the car tonight. No, I'm just... <laughs> what are you wearing, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would imagine a halo and a diaper. Is it a halo and diapers? <laughs> no, 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 no. And I don't, I don't have little wings either. Is it a police uniform? Which mm. takes us nicely on to Yaz. There's, that's me forcing a segue in. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just said... Because that was totally natural and led into the next conversation. <laughs> Wasn't that good? That was good. I, I, I set him up. The, the way you said that was absolutely Kenneth from the fast show. Is it a police <laughs> uniform, sir? Would you like that, sir? Suit you, sir. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, Sue in a police uniform. Oh, Sue, you. Is it, is it chafing, sir? Oh, in all oh. the wrong places, sir. In all the wrong places. Oh, suit you. <laughs> would you. Would you like me to adjust it for you, sir? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, oh, um, segueing seamlessly into the actual episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was beautiful. Her segments were just it was that was gorgeous. I just loved I love that. They were. Yeah, the cinematography of that was awesome. Now, what did we take? Yeah, the uh, yeah, the cinematography was superb. Those long sweeping shots of that oh. very straight road and the dream sequence, the nightmare sequence with her sister being so far away from her and then being right up close and people appearing and disappearing and what have you. It was uh yeah, it was very very well done. But what did we all think it meant? Anniversary of a suicide attempt, in my guess. Yep, I was going to say that. Or running away. That's kind of how I was taking it. I was thinking. Or possibly of her coming out. Mm, Maybe. Either one. But I I was thinking more suicide, but it could be the other. Because, I mean, it Mm. was was so beautiful that it, it was a moment where the woman actually said, this is just a moment, it will pass, go through it. You don't know what's on the other side. And so, yeah, it could have been a suicide attempt. With the long sweeping road, and she's standing in the center of the long sweeping road, and then you... and it does tend to be a 
a date that's indelibly marked in one mind, one's right. mind. And then the cop coming up behind her at first, it was like, God, is that is it going to be that she's going to be shot, or is it a suicide attempt? Or she's if the policeman shoots her, it means she attempted to kill herself or shoot herself. Or but that's beautiful. Yeah, okay. I must admit, I didn't I didn't get a suicide vibe from it. I took it as you know, troubles at home, running away. Mm-hmm. Policeman talks to her. She thinks about things again, goes back home, and starts again. And that's what they were marking, because obviously there was that there was that scene earlier on with her sister, when she says, "We don't have to mark this. We don't have to celebrate this." Mm-hmm. So there was clearly it was some event that they were marking. And first of all, it was like, well, I don't know, what are they actually? You know, is it a death? Because you, you wouldn't you wouldn't celebrate a death. You would you would mourn a death on a particular right. day. You'd, you'd get together. So it, the same thing would work. That was my initial thought at the beginning of the episode. Mm. Towards the end of the episode, that changed completely. Yes. Whatever it was, I kind of liked the ambiguity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't want an, mm-hmm. I don't want an explanation. I don't think we needed one. And this is something that we've been getting a lot of this year. Is we've we've mm-hmm. not been getting full explanations for things, and not they're just not explaining this at all. We're not getting any indication as to what this is about things are just being left ambiguous like you said so that it could mean any one of a number of different things right uh, mm. and we're told what we need to be told and the rest we was left up to our imagination and that's quite often the best way you don't need mm-hmm. you know life doesn't have answers we're all going through things in our lives that we may never f- work out what's actually happening with them we may not never ever find a solution yeah. to say for example people who we've had a falling out with and we don't know why and we may never know why and that's something that's a mystery that will live with us to the rest of our lives you don't you know mm. not, not everything is tied up in a yeah. bow and this is what a lot of fans have seemed to crave with previous seasons previous episodes well one of the things that that Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just finish first. J- j- just, I just that you know that they want all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, and everything to have, you know, have a line drawn under it, and that's it. We've seen the end of that. You know, that's fine. Right, okay. Now we can move on, because that's not the way it happens in life. So I like mm-hmm. the fact that we're not being given the answer to everything, and as we've said previously, with things like. Uh, you know the mystery surrounding the doctor not knowing the doctor's name not knowing the doctor's origins fully you know there being so much that we we don't know about the character Mm -hmm. that mystery is essential absolutely essential for a character like the doctor the companions fine we can know everything that we need to know about them we can know everything we need to know about some of the some of the aliens and the monsters and the villains but when the title of the show is a question you do not answer the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, an ambiguity forces you to use your imagination rather than being spoon-fed yeah. everything. Yeah. And this is what Doctor Who, in particular, science fiction in general, is about. So, right, Robin, yes, you were going on to say, sorry. I was going to say that long, those long-sweeping shots, they were, they were very reminiscent to me. They looked very much like shots that we saw if you saw the series Broadchurch. Yes. And that ambiguity... And that ambigu- ambiguity blah, 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 I can talk <laughs> it was a very prevalent theme in all of the Broadchurch there were all these little side trails and, and Mr. X and not quite giving you the full picture so especially the first series I'm going through that it's that guy that did it no it's that guy that did it well maybe she did it and 
then when you get the reveal at the end, it's like, holy shit, didn't see that coming. So I think we're seeing a little bit mm. of this setup. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I think this that is... there's going to be a there's going to be one of those holy shit didn't see that yeah. coming moments. Yeah, quite possibly because obviously this is one of the reasons why Chris Chibnall was was chosen to become the showrunner. One he'd had previous experience, you know, on Doctor Who and Torchwood. Don't forget he ran Torchwood for the first couple of series, and there were definitely arcs running through there that had payoffs. Obviously, Broadchurch being a murder mystery has to be crafted all the way through it's not something you can make up as you go along and and just stumble into an ending and so this is why i think it was so surprising last year when it it all seemed a little bit aimless and didn't really tie together and do you remember when we when we started people were talking about oh is this going to be one long 10 episode story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we had nothing like that the only thing that you had was you know the book ending of Tim Short, the beginning and the end, and that was yeah. that was that really. Whereas this series, we're seeing so many different threads and things woven throughout it, and we're seeing character development and things things moving in a in a specific direction. And this is more that's one this thing is more like the Chris Chibnall I think we were hoping to get right from the start. That's one thing that does worry me is that they're going to try and tie up a million things in two episodes and make a real. Yeah, hash of I it. don't think that they are i think yeah. that we are we're obviously we're going to get um we know the cybermen are coming because <clears throat> we yeah. you know we know that the the title of the the last two episodes is ascension of the cybermen and the timeless children which kind of implies that the timeless child side of things is maybe not going to be resolved but we're certainly going to get for, for a lot more information about it we're certainly going to get the whole thing with the with the lone cyberman whether all this ties into the other doctor or not, whether all this ties into anything else with involving Jack, we don't know. But I, I think that some of the stuff that we've already had is going to run over into next season. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the lone Cyberman is going to have I a sidekick like Tonto. Ah, ah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I, I think the fact that it's the lone Cyberman should... should... <laughs> Mm. Hi ho, Silver! Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not a good name for the horse. Hi ho! Which is a good point, actually. Saying I... that, mm-hmm. how could, how could, Hi-ho, Silver how, could he, how could he be called the Lone Ranger if he had a sidekick? <laughs> 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 Maybe they misspelt it all that line, and he wasn't the Lone Ranger. He was the Loner Ranger, and he worked in a bank. <laughs> so we've touched upon the character development that we've had with with Ryan. And is this leading on to his departure? We've touched on the character development with, with Graham. I know. Are we going? We've done the beginning and the end. Should we should do all the shit in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we've got the whole immortal threat and mm-hmm. the nightmares and Ugh. Zelin, the male bald chap with the mm-hmm. with the tattoo. I thought was particularly creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really creepy. Um, and some good. of the some of the shots of him in people's rooms and things like that, yeah. with the way he was lit and everything, was extremely effective. The finger thing was nuts. Was an immortal got tattoos? It was like don't the finger ugh, thing ugh. Uh, was nuts, and, uh, and especially uh, the finger in the ear. They should have called the episode "Can You Hear Me." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God they didn't call it "Can You Finger Me." <laughs> oh my. <laughs> That would, have, that would have taken the show in a completely different direction. I did, um, 
I did think that the fingers coming off in the way they did was was vaguely reminiscent of the leisure hive in which oh. the doctor <laughs> oh yeah in which the doctor is, yeah. is in the um in the, the tachyon, tachyon generation. generator yeah. Yeah. and is sort of pulled apart but in a way that doesn't really look like he's pulled apart at all and clearly it was just mm-hmm. bits like that and, and the, the way the fingers came off hmm. i mean obviously which it, it obviously you know it wasn't real and i think in all honesty if they tried to make it look really real it wouldn't have got through the BBC censorship for being able to be shown <laughs> at a yeah. seven o'clock slot for uh, you know in a programme aimed for children it had to have that almost sort of cartoony side to it because it was particularly disturbing really even even as it was yeah you know the bit where well even as a nightmare it's not going to be see I thought it was sorry Sue the... I, I was just going to say I thought it was comically stupid <laughs> they could have potentially found another way around it and I think that th- this is obviously one of the original parts of the storyline that, that somebody's thinking oh this could be a the great floating penis I knew somebody was going to say it I was just waiting to see who that I'm going to stick in my ear <laughs> well the whole finger in the ear it's like la 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 la. I can't hear mm. you, and that's where it's coming from. La la, can can you hear me? La 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 la. I can't hear you, and the finger in the ear. Oh! Where does an eternal that lives outside of space and time go to get tattooed? <laughs> it just happens. I think it was just that, well, he that was born me. tattooed. He was born tattooed. Oh. I'm pretty sure if you live that long, you could find somebody to do Maybe it. Maybe he went into a different franchise and went to Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> God. I to- well, seriously. Well, did, didn't so, he make some reference about finding this form interesting? Yes. Yes. It's so small and so limited. Yes, and- yes, 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 very much so. And, you know, if you're going to manifest as something that other people who have that vague appearance will find disturbing... Mm-hmm they definitely chose the right thing because he was mm-hmm. he was particularly he was apparently he was in Children of Earth to the Torchwood thing Children of Earth yes he was the yeah. chap who played him Ian Fraser was it yeah I didn't recognise him from that at all but I did think that uh, yeah he was he was particularly effective the way that he had that sort of eerie smile to him mm-hmm. all the time and and that confidence that he was untouchable and so didn't need to be over the top and broad and flamboyant. He was just quiet and and eerie and spooky and talk about yeah. flipping the finger at somebody, man. I'm telling you, they were finger flicking all over the place. And but the thing of it is, is it could be cartoony because if it's in a nightmare, it doesn't necessarily have to be realistic and gory. But just the fact that it's separating and these fingers are coming towards your ear again, it's another homage to Star Trek. Rathacon with the thing going in the ear and uh, the earworm going in the ear and giving the information. This thing went in the ear and gave him information. It was just, there was just a whole bunch of little things that just, just the thought of somebody taking their finger and shoving it in your ear and funneling yeah, on and information is creepy as shit. And it was also the, it was also the fact that the finger, the fingers detached from the hand and then yeah. it was the detached end that went yeah. into the ear. It wasn't the yes. fingertip that went into the ear. And when the doctor sort of escaped from being tied up, 
with that rather neat little trick that she did with mm-hmm. sort of flipping her hip and flicking the sonic screwdriver up. Oh yeah, sonic screwdrivers can fucking fly now. Yeah, that's another <laughs> thing I loved. I don't think it was it was a sonic <laughs> screwdriver flying. I think it was literally uh, a flick of the hip mm-hmm. with the with the thing in such a position that it that it obviously it was knocked upwards and she you know how powerful are her hips no. well <laughs> not <laughs> okay don't even go there <laughs> knocked upwards my ass wait till wait till the samba episode <laughs> we shall see and now Darren is not going to have nightmares concerning the doctor anymore <laughs> <laughs> Ramba. Time to insert that lovely bit of music that we we we, we, we put in <laughs> every now and again. I won't bother explaining it because I'll just insert it. Yes. Yeah, so after the doctors manage to escape from from her bonds, she goes and she she releases all the other ones by pulling the thing. The finger out of the ear with a lovely sort of yeah. <laughs> kind of squelching. <laughs> oh, that was just like whoa! <laughs> that was enough of a nightmare right there because it, it. Yeah, that was gross. I did wonder how the inhabitants of the two planets actually managed to trap mm-hmm. Rakaya, was the woman's name, the female god. Mm-hmm. How they managed to trap her in that thing in the first place. Uh, I did. I, I I have to say though that lovely little car, literal cartoon sequence of the explanation. Yeah. With the line drawings, I that thought that cool. was quite quite sweet. Oh, didn't like that. Um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of like, oh look, the CGI's right. <laughs> Pass the pencils. I think I think that was that was a case of to explain it all. They they could either just explain it, and just show somebody talking about it. Or if they were going to not do that, then they had to show what was going on. And quite clearly, to have done that involving CGI and actors and what have you would have taken up a huge amount of budget. So by doing the little cartoony thing, just for the sake of the explanation, it was a bit Hitchhiker's Guide almost, really, that. It was, yeah. See, there were so many you kind of expected the here. voice of the yeah. book. And, and, I, I, and I just thought that it mm-hmm. worked. I really didn't see didn't see a problem with it at all. I didn't like it at all. I, I it just felt really out of place to me. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Like I said, you know, the other week, if we all had the same opinion, it would be extremely boring because <laughs> we'd all be watching exactly the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. So, um, what did we think of the CGI on the Chagaskas or whatever they're called? I thought that was really good. That was good. Yeah. I love that. Really? Yeah, really good. That first scene at the end of the cold open, when the face comes right into uh, what's her face, T- um, Tahira, 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 Tahira. Yeah, and the face of the thing came right up close to her, like you say, a bit like like in Alien. I thought, yeah, that was that was good. And oh, yes, you know, I thought the I thought the close shots were good, but I thought the long shots were awful. I thought the long shots were were all right, actually. I mean, we didn't we we never got which is quite right we never got a, a, a long lingering look at the creature it was always fairly no, short what we did see it looked like a shaved wookie it looked <laughs> like a giant sloth yes I thought yeah. almost yes yeah with a true that almost like the alien mouth a sloth with mm. the alien mouth because yeah. the mouth came out to her it wasn't just the head that was the mouth that came out yeah and it was like oh my god that is so cool and there was also, of course, we had in Ryan's nightmare, we had the dregs. Oh, yeah. Which 
uh, and because they had a they had a similar mouth yeah. you you could almost be forgiven for thinking it was it was the same creature mm. but it was definitely the dregs which obviously is again if you're going to go on callbacks quite similar to when joe grant was trying to fight off the um the the ogrons on the masters um, fear. Oh, and the drashics. Yes, yeah. she sees the drashics again. These things that had absolutely terrified her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the same kind of thing. It's like something that Ryan has recently experienced that he really found alarming and terrifying. Which, of course, also leads nicely into the fact that he's questioning whether or not it's something he wants to continue doing. He's facing these things that are so terrifying. So that as well. Uh, no, I thought I thought that the CGI was was fine. I mean, obviously Aleppo itself must have been CGI. That wasn't a model shop for the city. Really? That was um, that was spectacular. Aleppo looked good. I'll give it that. Yeah, the and, um... uh, the the set for the hospital I think looked possibly a little bit too pristine. And I know it's a hospital, and obviously mm-hmm. that's the, as such would have you know would have been expected to be kept clean. But we are we were in the 14th century mm-hmm. for crying out loud. This actually reminded me of Castrovel, though. It did yeah. a little bit, yeah. It did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and it it wasn't a normal hospital. That would have been your asylum. Which would not have been clean. Yes, it was a mental hospital. Yeah, and and believe me that I mean one of the things I told Randy is it's very interesting that the demons came out of her. If these demons lived in her head, they used to bore holes to release the pressure or to release the demons. Yes. Yeah. And boring the holes in her head, she had a head wrap, so you don't know how many times this was done to her. You don't know what actually what her head or her hair looked like because she was under the wrap and you don't know how many holes were bore and by boring the holes the demon escaped and that would have been hmm. the alien critter and I, I that's and that was of her being I've not actually seen the word written down isn't it Shinaga <laughs> Isn't it Chinaga? Chikaska or something like that? Chikaska? I'm pretty sure it was Chigaskas because I had the subtitles on. Okay. Ah, okay. Chigaska, okay. Chigaska. Okay, so the whatever was in her head, if, if she was in fact homicidal, so, uh, um, if she was whatever it was that was going on within her brain that they bore the hole, it came out. That demon that was actually in her brain came out. And that's why when she looks, she said she, they like it when you struggle. I mean, she was dead. You see, this is, this is very interesting, this, because I have to confess that I didn't get any indication early doors of it being uh, an asylum or any sort of mental hospital. It was only when the doctor mentioned that it was a hospital at all that I thought, oh, OK, because obviously it's not what we think of as a hospital and it wouldn't be back in, in those days. It would look completely different. But also the way that that um, Tahira was behaving seemed perfectly normal. Right. Quite upbeat, quite jolly. Obviously concerned in the early in the early stages about the creatures that she didn't know what they were and they were attacking people and they came to you in your sleep and what have you. Well, she said, "Be careful." Have you told the doctors? Are you have you, do you have everybody locked away? Do you have everybody? Do you have, don't worry about it. She mentioned the doctors in the early stages because they'd said about well i'm sure you think that they're real mm-hmm. then that would be a reason for her to to have visited the doctors if she was seeing things that that you know they weren't aware about because that would be the first port of call i presume as it probably would today really if you if you know somebody's seeing things 
that nobody believes that they're seeing, then they're going to be you know, offered medical advice, aren't they? Or psychiatric advice. These ki these things killed people. And I mean, the way that she said they like it when you struggle, it was like, well, Ted Bundy was a very jolly, happy soul and killed people. So in back in Aleppo, when they're back in that time, they would have bore holes in her head to release the demon. And unfortunately, being Doctor Who, the demon actually was released. And that's why the doctor turned to her and said, well, they're not going to attack you because you created them. Yeah, I mean, we never we never had anything about about holes being bored in heads. And no, no, no. Like you say, that may very well not have. Uh, you know, that may have oh. been the case. It may have been why she was wearing wearing the the, the head the headscarf and what have you. That's just uh, from Psych. That's just, that was, that's just from that history was, of Psych. <laughs> that's from that's from yeah, that's from uh, from from actual historical knowledge. I took it to mean, and I'm sure that this is what most people would have taken it to mean is that Zelin um, and Rakaia or more Zelin obviously because Rakaia is trapped at this point were able to by means of the fingers and that being some sort of way of creating that psychic link was seeing the the nightmares that she had magnifying them and making them manifest ah okay so it right. wasn't a case of it wasn't a case of the demons just escaped from her head they were in there and they were removed by Zelin as a means of terrifying her when she was awake as opposed to just terrifying her when she was asleep mm -hmm. and as a means of, of continuing that fear going because it was the fear that they fed on which is another great idea for a monster as well creatures that actually feed on fear which is another homage to classic Star Trek I think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, an homage to a number of different things mm -hmm. I think you know, I mean, we've you know we've mentioned multiple things, you know, like Sue with the the, the wrath of calm with the yeah uh, with things things in the ears. I don't know. I question whether that's a direct association, but it's something that's happened somewhere else mm -hmm. that you've seen, and you know you put that connection together. Whether that was intentional when they made it, it's a different it's a different question entirely. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, we see threads and we see con connectivity everywhere we look. And that is something that naturally we're going to we're going to happen. And when you're creating something like this, you know there are only so many different ways of doing things, and things are going to have mm -hmm. have a resemblance to other things, as we've said. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, we've been quite deep in this episode, haven't we? <laughs> well, it's a deep story. It is a deep story. It was. It was really had so many layers, yeah. and it was just mm -hmm. it was really good. Mm. I was thinking I wasn't actually going to get a chance to have seen it again before we recorded tonight, but because Julie was away last weekend and she didn't see it, she actually said to me this evening over dinner, she said, oh, I never even, I never saw Doctor Who last week. Can we watch it? Oh, yes. I'm <laughs> very glad you said that. I was wanting to watch it again because we're reviewing it tonight. So I'm very glad that we did because um, I started off, I got, my, um, I got my phone out to make some notes on as we went through it and didn't initially find anything immediately to make notes on and then just got caught up in the story and by the time it had finished I hadn't written a damn thing because <laughs> I just got so yeah. so wrapped up in it again for the second time <laughs> I've, only, I've only managed to watch it once because I've been sort of full of migraines all week oh dear oh dear it is possibly one of those stories that might benefit from a second view mm -hmm. I also think potentially it's one of those stories that you might find uncomfortable if you have any close connection to 
any sort of mental illness or even physical illness because of the issues raised within the show which is why it was good that they actually put the um the message at the end i don't know if you you've got that over there but no. we had a we had a helpline number at the end for hmm. you know for people who might be uh, suffering with with mental health problems in the same way as they did with uh, Vincent and the doctor and um, you know, we've had other other. Um, I think with Rosa, didn't they have something at the end of Rosa? Yeah. As well about um, you know if if you if you have been a victim of racial abuse and what have you, this is a helpline to call. This kind of thing. Mm. It has to be said the BBC are quite good at doing things like that. Just a shame for Sue's benefit that they aren't so good at putting warnings at the beginning when there's going to be there's going to be lots of flashing for people with yeah. photosensitive epilepsy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, just one final thing that I wanted to mention before we finished: when Ryan was having his nightmare, when the Earth was burning, and you saw his friend there, Tebow, I was absolutely convinced that that was Tebow made up to look older and being mm-hmm. the most realistic old makeup that I'd ever seen because he genuinely looked like an old man mm-hmm. and not somebody wearing mm-hmm. any some sort yeah. of prosthetics or makeup it was actually a completely different actor really oh. yeah a completely different actor oh wow yeah it, Tebow was played by Buom Tingang and old Tebow was played by Willie Jonah hmm. Okay. But my God, they looked alike, and yeah. I would have I would have sworn it was the original actor playing Tebow, made up to look older, and it just being the most impressive aged makeup that there was. Yeah, absolutely stunned to look at the cast list afterwards and see, oh, it's a different bloke. <laughs> <laughs> well done then. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do we think of the business of that spaceship with the strumming yeah. on that stupid fucking harp to zoom in and zoom out? I thought it was a it was an interesting way of having technology instead of the usual buttons and things. I mean, let's face it, in the Zygon spaceship in Terror of the Zygons, there were like like sort of flexible nodules that you mm-hmm. had to do things to. We've seen we're in a current situation where where things are touch sensitive now that you just move things around so something like that struck me as being entirely plausible as something that might exist as a an alternative form of technology in the future of some sort fair enough what what the heck was this after a brush really i didn't even i don't remember that man that that one i missed I don't either. Oh, yeah, no, they were... Graham was talking about the planets, and, and they, they'd seen the two planets on the screen, mm-hmm. and he was saying, can you zoom in closer? Can you zoom in mm-hmm. closer? The Doctor kind of... It, it's almost like a, like the strings of a harp, only a, a lot looser, a lot uh, uh, baggy, and, and just sort of sort of played them almost like a harp, and, and mm. the, the picture zoomed in, playing them like a theremin almost, really. Man, I missed that one. I did think that when they first uh, appeared on the spaceship it did look like they were going to go have a game of laser quest yes <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah it did look like you know a sort of a, a neon section of a bowling alley or something like that but the rest of the ship actually when they sort of zoomed out of that apart from when they they first arrived um was was not was not bad quite impressive the, the, the whole series has looked really good Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether this is just because of the lenses, the new lenses that they've been using, or a lot of it's obviously the locations that they've been going to, and they have had some stunning locations. 
really made good use of them, not just uh, the overseas locations as well, but the locations in the UK. And I think as well that the way that the series has been lit, you think back to the to the mid '80s when everything just seemed to be overlit. I mean, Warriors of the Deep being the um, you know the, one of the the most cited examples of that about how there were no shadows because there was just lighting everywhere. Um, and now we, we're really getting atmospheric lighting left, right, and center. It's mighty impressive. I love the fish fisheye lens for the doctor looking at the uh, possible timeless child and kind of coming in seeing the nose getting bigger coming back out that was kind of cool yeah yes and of course we had we had the the voiceover from the master as well didn't we in that yes Yes. so yes again that's that's a portent of things to come which again clearly this is something that's going to be um, going to be addressed further in the final episode and it's a two-parter so Mm -hmm. the timeless child or the timeless children and the uh, the lone Cybermen. That's clearly there's a connection between that, and we only have two weeks until we <laughs> until we find out. Well, less than that, <laughs> less than that, because as we record this on the on the Friday, we're we're only just over a week away from that, which is terrifying to think that that means in just over mm-hmm. two weeks' time the series is finished. Yeah, yeah. it's flown by. It has. it has flown by, and I think that's a testament wow. to the fact that it has been better. I think the last series it's been oh, engaging. Yeah. And we've had so much to ponder. It's almost it's brought back a water cooler moment, hasn't it, I think, if there were mm-hmm. such a thing yeah. still existing mm-hmm. now. I mean, certainly, you know, I know of other friends and podcasters who, after the episode have finished, have immediately sort of felt the need to, to, to contact each other and, and, um, and Skype and call and, and just talk about it. And this is something that, you know, we really haven't had for some time, and they, and it's great that we've got that kind of. And it's it's really interesting when you go on, like you've you've avoided social media, but when you go on social media, and like I've been dumb, and I have I have defended the doctor on some of these interesting sites, and then found out there, and some of them were like, oh my, I think it's time to jump off of this, <laughs> because they're losing their mind. How can you say? And it's like, well, because I work yeah. in it, so let's stop this. But. It's time to leave. When they start screaming and yelling, it's time to leave. Well, that's yeah. that's uh, the downside of social media for you, I'm afraid, is oh that my. there will always be those with a voice who, you know, I am Aris, I have voice kind of thing. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, that so really, really want the voice to be heard and don't care, you know, who yeah. they upset along in the long term. Their opinion mm-hmm. is all that counts and that's that. And never the twain shall meet, unfortunately. It's very easy to get sucked into that kind of thing. Part of the reason I, I haven't done it is because of time. I just literally have had so little time for anything these days. You know, I do feel that there's a benefit to it. It almost feels like I've gone back to the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. when I remember when Android Invasion finished and then the announcer said, and next week it's the brain of Morbius. Oh, that sounds interesting. Just had no idea about what the next story was going to be you had mm-hmm. you, you didn't you didn't hear things about it you you may potentially have heard that the daleks were coming back at some point but or that the doctor might be going to regenerate and a new person was coming in to play the part but you you didn't know anything about the stories well i suppose the best example of that is earthshock with its double whammy uh, well oh, yes yeah. yeah because you had no idea of either of that i actually yeah. did get spoiled for earthshock oh really basically because I had a paper round and 
what I used to do when I was doing the paper round um, as uh, you know when the Radio Times came out each time I just have a flick through to see what was going on in the Radio Times and actually actually caught because it was I think it was Tuesday and Wednesday that it was going out and the Radio Times came out on the Tuesday and so I saw what was being shown for the following week which obviously was when they did make a big ah. thing of the Cybermen coming back so it was like oh blimey I, I still had that shock moment but I didn't get the shock moment at the end of the episode which I always deeply regret because I absolutely love Earthshock and one of my other all time favourite stories basically almost exclusively for the reason that at the end of episode 4 of the Invasion of Time which looked like everything was all over and being wrapped up and then ah. uh, what are you what are you all looking at says the doctor as his friends all sort of stare behind him turns around and there are four Sontarans right yeah, I think that's a woefully underrated it is, story very much so very much I know that the, you know the Vardens are rubbish and the whole <laughs> thing at the end with the oh. um, the resolution with the DMAC gun is you know it's like it's like oh well we can't really think of a solution for this so we'll do this and I know people complain about the TARDIS um, interiors because they mm -hmm. used an old hospital and what have you and things like that. But the whole premise with the uh, the Doctor supposedly being a traitor and this being a, a setup to lure the aliens in so that he can he can trap them and, and and send them off somewhere and the whole thing of him being the president and the intrigue with that and then the Sontarans appearing part way through it just astonishing. Yeah. That's my earth shock moment is is Invasion of Time episode 4 and I haven't had that kind of moment again really until I can't even say world enough in time because we knew that the master was coming back but I didn't twig until fractionally before it happened that that that, that Razor was the master but with um with the 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 recent series with the master appearing suddenly at the end of Spy 41 and then Jack coming back and then the, the, the TARDIS buried and then the, being the Doctor in Fugitive of the Jadoon. It was like that all over again. Yeah. And yeah. that's the benefit of mm -hmm. not knowing. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you can you imagine with World Enough in Time moment, if we hadn't had any indication John Sim was back, how much of a bolt from the blue that would have been? That would have blown mm -hmm. people's minds. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine if the sun hadn't fucked us and... Uh, ruined the regeneration of Christopher Eccleston. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because we wouldn't have known that had it yeah. not been for the sun. I know that would have that would have been a, a stunning climax to the series. Yeah, but this is the problem that we have now. We're in this this age where it is easy to find things out, and for those people who want to find things out, as the interest grows and people want to know more and more and more about it then the risks of finding out the things that you don't want to know grow with it you know and i've been i've been guilty of going oh i don't want to know about this all oh, this that or oh, i could just maybe have a look at that uh -huh. just to see if it, oh, oh no no i might oh no 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 <laughs> you know sort of like starting mm -hmm. to turn the page over and then slamming the book closed kind mm -hmm. of thing and what's funny is randy doesn't like spoilers i love them so i don't mind spoilers at all that Part doesn't bother me. What bothers me is seeing the anger and the the infighting, and that's like, guys, this is this this. There shouldn't be anger. There's a lot of other things to be angry about. This is not something to be angry. Chibnall's ruled my show. Chibnall is this. Chibnall is that. And it's like, 
Uh, guys, don't be angry. Well, they're not... I don't think they're as angry. I, I think there's a lot of other things that they're angry about. One is that Jody is the doctor, of course. They haven't, got, they haven't gotten past that. They haven't got that. time for people like that. No. That whole not-my-doctor group. If you're part of that, just fuck off. And I can't... That's something that took me by surprise. That's the part that it's like, okay, wait a second. Yeah. And then, I, like I said, I got into the... About the ending of this show with the doctor and Graham. This is perfectly okay. This is what would end. Okay, bye. See you later. I'm out of there now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with y'all, because I dealt with this, so I'm out of it. Bye. And seeing that anger is just amazing to me. Seeing the spoilers, no, because I don't mind. And the fact that I never know when I can't see something mm. because of the flashing. So. But- the spoilers to me doesn't make a difference, but that makes a difference to me is the anger. Well, interestingly, I read on QI on on their Twitter feed that people enjoy things more if they've been spoiled or if they know the ending, hmm. and that applies to films and TV series, mm-hmm. books, and I can kind of see the logic behind it because you're kind of waiting for that payoff that you know is coming. But personally, yeah. I like I like not being spoiled. I like yeah. mm-hmm. I, I like intrigue. Yeah, I like the. I like trying to figure out what's yes. going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's... Uh, it's always astonished me with the with the soaps when every every week a soap opera would come on and somebody would say, "Oh, great! This is the one where this happens, and then this happens, and this this happens." Yeah, and and you think, well, if you know it, you know what's going to happen. What what are you bothering to watch it for? Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that is a description of my dad. He buys a TV magazine and he'll sit and talk to my mum and she moans about it to me on the phone and she'll say, do you know, he sat there and he said, he's going to die, now he's going to die, she's going to cark it, she's leaving him, he's getting a divorce. (laughs) She thinks, I wonder why the bloody hell do I bother watching it? That's me getting the magazine. It's terrible. me getting the magazine. I don't say anything to Randy, but... Yeah, that's. I and like... what's funny about that, Darren, is I can totally. I've never met your mom and dad. Don't even know what they would look like if I tripped over a picture of. But I can totally see that picture, that scene in my mind. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. well, my dad, my dad is awful. When I ring up, I have to say, "Don't let him say a word." I haven't even seen Ensis <laughs> yet, or I haven't seen this yet. If he speaks, I'm going to hang the bloody phone up. <laughs> <laughs> he is awful. It's a bit like, and and this is, I think possibly in some ways even worse is with sporting events Mm. is if you know the result of a sporting event and I think a lot depends on exactly what that result is say for example it's a football match and you know that the score is 1-0 at the end of the match and five minutes into the match somebody scores you think well, there's no much watching the end of it, is there? <laughs> the rest, the other 85 minutes of this game mm. is a complete waste of time. Whereas, if you know that the score is nine-six or something like that, and there's action going all the way through it, then you possibly don't mind as much. But ultimately, once that final thing happens, then the rest of it after that point, there is no point in watching it. So, it's the same kind of thing with that. I remember I remember back in oh, was it 89 or something like that it was um, Liverpool versus Arsenal for the championship and they were playing each other uh, it was the final game and I I was down at my mates and I said look I don't want to know about this I don't want to know about this game he said oh, okay well you know I'm going to I'm going to have a look every now and again see what's going on but look the other way 
okay fine so it got to the end of the first half and he said right I'm, I'm going to have a look now uh, okay right so I turned away and then he said something else and I thought he'd finished and I turned around and it just said nil nil and I just thought well there's no point watching the first half this there's completely no point watching the first half at all just a waste of time completely yeah see it uh, saved you an entire whatever however much time it took because nobody scored jack but the thing is with any of these with any of these things with a sporting event with a drama when you don't know what's coming up you have that anticipation true you know true. you could equate it as well to people knowing what christmas presents they're going to get <laughs> would you rather know exactly what you're getting for Christmas or would you rather have this box in front of you that you have no idea what it is and you open up and then you think oh my god you got me that that's amazing I love surprises at Christmas and I have been surprised and it's been some of these oh my god oh, I, and you're smiling I can tell you about some Christmas surprises I hate, I hate surprises but sometimes for those kinds of things you're like you have to be a darn good actor because there's they there are there were days when I got a Christmas surprise where it was like, what kind of person do you think I am? <laughs> do you really think I would like this? <laughs> okay, it's wonderful. I That's think, beautiful. Love it. I think it's a good job you did get Christmas presents from us then, Sue, because I don't, I don't know my, if you want to know what kind of person we think you are. Oh sometimes. Lord, see, my, you guys would be awesome. <laughs> Sue, I should tell. Remind me to tell you the story of the velour tracksuit. That I got for Christmas one year. You set yourself a light on those things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that they're back? Oh my God! Like the oh silk God. <laughs> track silk, the silk track suits that were in the seventies, oh and that I would wear as a character. Shell suits. What? Yeah, seventies, eighties, nineties, that type of thing. That I would wear as a character for you know, Mama or Nana or whatever when I was playing an old woman. They're back. <laughs> They're back. I mean, oh, Gucci God. is selling the heck out of them. Well, everything comes oh, round. I said, oh, my God, They're, the tracksuits are back, the velour tracksuits. I'm waiting to see. And I have to say something in regards to this episode that nobody has said yet. Mandip Gill's hair is amazing. I love her hair. I'm, okay, sure, I'm sure Darren and I were talking about that earlier on. <laughs> you did not speak about her hair. How absolutely... St I mean, she had a... I don't know if you guys have Breck or whatever over there, but Robin... I don't remember mentioning no, her hair. <laughs> Why would we have mentioned it? Yeah. Robin, do you remember Breck? Okay. Yeah. She has the most perfect Breck commercial hair where the woman is, like, turning and the, the wind is blowing and the hair is just moving, like, you know... In a in a music video, her hair is stunning, stunning. Okay, excuse that me. That said, why why you're why you're talking hair? I've just got to go and have a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Professionalism <laughs> one oh one. Because the, do you excuse me. Because the bald woman, the bald woman here. And whilst Darren goes to do that, the rest of us will will wrap up the episode because we we've <laughs> we've done the review. We're way off topic. We've been going for nearly. Oh, I, well, we've been going no, for an hour are, and a half, are. and somebody has to edit this lot. Okay, <laughs> but think about this. Think about this. You guys talked about me sleeping last week, so think about this. Nobody mentioned her hair, and her hair is beautiful. And I just the being the bald woman what that, that I am. What did you do with sleeping? I loved her hair. <laughs> That's part of the episode for the, me. The, 
that was part of the episode. The one person who won't be sleeping at this rate is me because I won't have time to get this edited if we don't <laughs> if we don't cut it short now. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. Go ahead. It Whatever. took me it took me all of last weekend all of last weekend to edit edit the episode together and that was a that was an hour. We've been going an hour and a half. Stop <laughs> And he blames me because I mentioned her hair. What? What? Well, what? Sue's got to make up for last. She's got to make up for last week, dear uh, Miles. Yeah. Hell yeah! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have her hair. By the way, oh my god, I'd love to have her hair. Yeah, I think we've got it by now. Yeah. Thank you. So, in conclusion, let's score this, Sue. I'd give it an absolute nine. By the way, Mandip, your hair is awesome. Okay. <laughs> that might even push it into the 10 range, but I'd give it a 9. Randy. Maybe a 10. <laughs> 8.5, maybe. Ooh, okay. It's like the more I think about it, the more I appreciate it, going through all this discussion. Uh, Robin. I'm going to say 7.5. <laughs> I mean, I I was initially thinking, I was initially thinking, yeah, this ranks, you know, four to six. But the more we talk about it, the more I think about it, you know, I see everybody's point and valid. And I did not get a chance to watch this one a second time like I've done with all the others. So maybe if I'd seen it a second time for the reflection. But you guys have given me some insights that I didn't have before, so I appreciated that. Thank you. Could very well be the one person whose opinion I don't think is going to markedly change. <laughs> Darren, what are you going to score it? He's still taking a piss, okay? <laughs> See, I saw his light flashing and figured he was back. Darren! I think he is back. Oh. Are you okay? Was it, one of, was it one of those pisses, was it? I, had a... I don't think we want to know. Particularly hot biryani. <laughs> <laughs> I had a particularly hot biryani for tea tonight and I'm paying the price. Burned that... going in and it burned coming out. Yes. <laughs> Pissing bloody fire. I heard that and I thought, are you talking? Maybe, maybe nine ghost peppers was a bit excessive. <laughs> oh, oh, I heard, I heard you say, it's burning like fire. And I thought, what the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> His pee? Oh my God, the damn car turned off again. Holy shit. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be pleased okay. to know, Darren, we've moved on from Mandip Gip's hair. Uh, Mandip Gip? Who's Mandip Gip? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Kills hair. <laughs> before, so she changed, before she changed the name to Mandip Gip. Um, we've, now we're on to Tosin's pubes. We've moved, we've, moved, <laughs> we've moved on from Mandip Gill's hair and we're now scoring the episode. Oh, right, okay. And it's your turn. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, now let me see. Had it not been for the extremely good mental health stuff at the beginning and the end which I liked enormously uh, and I thought was beautifully handled save for the bit with Graham had it not been for that it would probably get about two but because of that I'm going to give it four right okay I told you there was one opinion that wasn't going to change didn't I <laughs> <laughs> um, wow for me I'm, okay. I'm there with Sue I'm, I'm going to give this a nine I thought it was uh, it was a Ooh, really good gold. Is that we have is, to hold on? He, he's gripping something. We have to hold on a moment while he grips. Get a grip on it, Darren. Do pardon me. 
So there you go, listeners. If you've had a particularly hot <laughs> curry, <laughs> you might want Goals. to join us again next week for we? for our review okay. of oh, quirky, what's it called? The haunting, the haunting of Villa Diodati. Diodati, that's it. The haunting of Villa Diodati. Think yourselves lucky I only went for a piss half an hour before this podcast and an arse like a Japanese flag. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, listeners, see you next week. I love you, Garrett. I love you. <laughs> oh my god. You're either Ow. pissing fire or shitting lava. It's great. <laughs> Yes, listeners, oh, if, you, if you haven't asked like a Japanese flag, then join us again next week for our review of The Haunting of Villa Diodati, Mary Shelley, Byron and Frankenstein. Hurrah! No ghost peppers! <laughs> it's goodbye from me. Later, peeps. <laughs> oh, my God. Catch you all next Good week. Good night. Y'all come back now, you hear? And there you have it. Wow. Gosh, that went on a bit, didn't it? <laughs> I promise you it'll be shorter next week. It had better be. I can't take it anymore. It's too much editing. Okay. Lovely. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, listeners. And next week, whoo, 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 looks exciting, doesn't it? Ooh, all historical and spooky. Oh, lovely. Right, we'll see you next week for our review of The Haunting of Villa Diodati. <laughs> sleep or whatever this week if i fall asleep listen up broadcast it okay <laughs> <laughs> you'll be lucky and let's see because <laughs> when we stop recording i'll explain why <laughs> did your batteries just run out then <laughs> i'll explain why when we're not recording <laughs> so you've been listening to last week's then yes yeah, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I came right back in strong. I should have woke up and went, fuck! Yep, she's back. She's back. <laughs> what, uh, what was the but most you know, surprising? What was the most surprising about last week is that you fell asleep about 20 minutes in. And we didn't yeah. notice until we were doing the <laughs> I actually kind of... and and. As soon as we're not recording, I'll tell you what happened. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I was listening, and all of a sudden, it's like, da, 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 fun. But one of the things I wanted to say about last week, you know those, you kept talking about, because, of course, I listened to the podcast. You were talking about the crow things and how Darren wanted pelicans to be pecking somebody to death. And I kept thinking, they're not crows, they're vultures. And that was the first thing that, because we have vultures here, we have turkey vultures over us a lot. And because um, we're one of the migratory uh, routes for turkey vultures. So we see them here a lot. And 
um, that was something that as soon as the first time I saw it, I thought, oh my God, there's vultures circling. And, and the way the patterns they were flying, I'm like, those are, those are vultures circling. That's pretty wild. I wonder where the dead body is. And then it turns out, you know, they're, they're actually killing people and, and dying from the whatever, from the illness, from the disease. But that was the first thing. Kept me. I don't know why those crow birds were there. And I'm like, it's probably the migratory pattern of the turkey vulture. <laughs> Which reminds me of a Monty Python. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a little Valentine's poem for you, Ben. It's Valentine's Day, so oh god, this should be good. It better be fucking good. <laughs> roses are go for it. Okay, ready? Roses are shit. Violets are poo. I've got Tourette's. But <laughs> you. <laughs> That's the sweetest thing anybody said to me, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one as well. Roses are red, violets are blue. Bull Over to you, Sue. <laughs> ah, fuck. Roses are red, violets are red, this chainsaw is red. Fuck, I've cut my arms off. <laughs> Can anybody tell me how to turn it off with my nose? <laughs> and my dog's in the back, Kyle, going in dog speak. <laughs> Violets are blue. Robin's in the background dying. That was well timed. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got a little bleh in my throat. <laughs> I do apologize. I'm full of wind. What else did I want to say about last week that I didn't get a chance to say? <laughs> I'm thinking all the things I wanted to say last week. Here's another little poem before we before we start off. Violets are blue, roses are red. Let's all hope the Skype call doesn't go dead. Yes. Oh yes, that's good. Sinking up then, we have got Sue. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) She's turned into a moose. Y'all come back now, you hear? It's more and more unlikely with every passing week. Mm. <laughs> that I'm costing you listeners. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. I heard right. you in the background going, oh my God, it burned my fire. And it was like, is he talking about his pee? Is he seriously talking about his pee? It should it burn like that? What have you been doing, Dad? Normally, <laughs> I, I, I like I like really, really, really hot food. <laughs> have you not seen my curries on um, my Twitter account? Pictures. I have, but I wasn't thinking ghost peppers like seven. Oh, ghost, ghost, pe- ghost peppers are quite mild. <laughs> I, te- I tend to use Carolina Reapers most of the time, but today I didn't have any, so I had to go with ghost peppers. Ghost peppers like ten on the on the hot scale. Well, so you've got the what's called the Scoville scale. Um, so a jalapeno is about eight hundred on the Scoville scale. A habanero is about three thousand, uh, three hundred thousand. A ghost pepper is about a million, and a Caroline Reaper is two point four million. Mm. So that gives you some sort of vague idea. Honey, your dick should just blow off and your ass should be burned like like a crisp. 
This would, <laughs> this would not be the first time. Did you ever see the episode of The Simpsons where where Homer ate those peppers that were so hot they made him hallucinate, but he drank the candle wax first? Oh, the insanity peppers, yes. That would be me. That. that would be me drinking the candle wax. Oh! Oh, oh! Because otherwise I'd be dead. Yeah! Oh my god. Oh, your poor little butt. And your poor little pee-pee. <laughs> have I'll we all stopped our audio streams, by the way? <laughs> no, well, I have. Going? <laughs> I haven't stopped the audio stream. I'm just still sitting here holding my pee-pee because it hurts so bad. I just came <laughs> from you, poor little butt. I, okay, I, I would, I would seriously... Mine. Seriously, suggest that you stop them because they'll be too large to send if you don't. I like your hair. Yeah, <laughs> we know. <laughs> okay, I can't take any more of the hair comments. I'm going I to bed. Good night, Miles. Good night. Hey, Good night Sue, Miles. I got a story. I got a story for you, Sue. Okay. Yeah. I shall stop recording before this story. If you want Have to continue, you ever... if you want to continue recording, please go right ahead. But I'm stopping now. If you'd like to get involved with Doctor Who's Lines in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to, myself, Kat, Suki, Robin... Sue, any one of us, just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go. You can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing. My new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether. But if we produce new stuff, it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for uh, characters, anything like that, we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course, it always helps to uh, boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile, if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there, more people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then... Cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.